Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Shareholder Q&A, our production Gorecom, in which investors ask their questions online and get the CEOs to answer them via video. Today's Shareholder Q&A is with Peter Pascali, he's the President and CEO, Pyrogenesis Canada, trades on the NASDAQ under the stock symbol PYR, and also in Canada under the stock symbol PYR as well on the big board T Toronto Stock Exchange. Uh, usually I go into a bit of an intro here about what the company does because we do an interview, but because it's a shareholder Q&A, everyone tuning in pretty much knows what the company does. So I'm going to go straight to pleasantries first. Peter, welcome back. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm pretty good, George. I'm pretty good. Yourself? Good to see you uh, again. Good to be good. here again. What's good that? Here. It's good to be here again. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you guys have been really busy. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as opposed to vacation, you guys have been really busy. And that shows in the last update that came out. I mean, I love the level of detail in that. But nonetheless, our great shareholders, anytime you give detail, it spawns more smart questions. So that's why we're doing this Q&A. And, and I love when we're doing it right before Labor Day. Everyone's going to have time to, you know, watch, hear your questions, hear your answers, get re-engaged as they start coming off of barbecue in summer season. Then we hit the ground running in September. I didn't think about it that way, but it works well. That's good. That's good. All right. So let's get right into it. So first, hey, like always, guys, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to post your questions. We're going to go through all of them, whatever there's a duplicate. So if uh, Paul asks, asks a question about the, the quarter uh, first, and then George has one later on, we'll say that, you know, like family feud, eh, eh, that answer's already been given, but we will acknowledge you because we want to make sure everyone who posted a question gets acknowledged. So. Uh, without further ado, Peter, this is all, by the way, from home, chronological order. So there's no preference given to anybody. It's reverse chronological from whoever whoever posted first. No, so chronological, sorry. And all the way to the last question posted. So first one is Green Mountain Man. Thank you for the opportunity to ask questions, Peter. Do you expect to be able to disclose the name of the aerospace company once the powder certifications are complete to approve pyrogenesis? as a supplier also would a joint press release be possible so that it would cross the radar of all who follow the aerospace company and the same question applies peter also for iron ore companies once they potentially placed orders for the torches for the pelletization all right interesting question so with respect to the uh, aerospace company we fully expect to be able to disclose their name and we expect that they will also be disclosing our name uh, whether it'll be a joint press release or it'll be separate press releases, it'll be the, the same timing. So that we fully expect to be able to disclose the name and they'll disclose our name. With respect to the iron ore pelletization companies, it remains to be seen. However, uh, a lot of the iron ore pelletization companies have actually been forthcoming with what they're doing in plasma. So I fully expect that they'll, at the end of the day, disclose our name. Uh, it, but it doesn't much matter which iron ore pelletization company it is, just fill in the blank you'll get the same impact. But uh, to, to speak specifically to the airspace company, yes. And to the and to the iron pelletization companies, it remains to be seen. And I would think given, I'm gonna add a little side question here, given what's gone on now with the bills being passed by Joe Biden's administration and such a heavy push on, again, on env the environmental side that any company, especially iron ore uh, pelletization companies would probably want the world to know 
that they're doing their part. Now, that's just me throwing an anecdote, but uh, I don't know if you can add anything more to that, but that's why I presume. Well, and also we'll give credibility to what they're doing if they mention our name, because we are one of the best uh, plasma-based companies in the world. Second question uh, from Green Mountain Man. Regarding PFAs, June 15th, the US EPA put out a call for states to apply for grant funding for PFA, PFAs mitigation. Is there, so here's a question, is there a sales slash lobbying effort underway to educate the states about pyrogenesis solution? Or do we not really yet have a marketable solution ready to pursue these funds? Well, the funds that are being allocated to this, I think he's talking about the grants. Was that the question? Yeah, uh, for grant funding for PFA. No, PFA the grant funding is, is, is not us. It's, it's actually um, the clients who go after the grants. And given that there's no solution out there, ready, readily available solution, most are, are, of the solutions are in development. So these, these funds are, used, are being used to develop solutions for, to address this, 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 this crisis. Um, so we wouldn't do it, the client would. Do we have something uh, front and center that's a, an immediate solution? No, we have um, ideas like everybody else out there right now has ideas on how to, how to, how to, um, how to address this problem. Do we have a huge marketing effort to go and educate the states? No, that would be a waste of time and money. Uh, basically, we got the, the same way we got the first, the first contract, we're continuing doing it, it's business development. Um, the takeaway, I'm hoping, George, in this q and I'll be able to identify the real takeaway, okay? It's not specific to this particular contract. The real takeaway from this contract is that pyrogenesis is at the cutting edge of finding a solution to um, a waste stream that's being uh, identified as one of the biggest challenges in front of us right now. And we're, I don't know if there's been another contract signed. Uh, maybe maybe it's too, 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 too big uh, a statement. But I don't know of anybody else who's been engaged to actually, you know, solve this problem right now with a commercial contract with a, a credible entity. So the takeaway here is once again, we're at the cutting edge of something huge. Now, whether the contract is going, you know, three months ahead or three months delayed or what we're doing, we're at the cutting edge. And, and that's a that's a key takeaway. It's a big thing for a company like us to be recognized as a potential um, uh, of having a potential solution to this. This is something that's the takeaway as so, well as the contract itself, of course. Follow-up question for me. So yeah, it makes sense that you're not gonna do a sales and lobbying effort on the states themselves because you're targeting, you know, the clients are the ones who have to really lobby the states to get their funds, all that. So follow-up side question is, how do you get the word out there about pyrogenesis capabilities and potential solutions to this to, you know, your target market? Well, press releases, like we press release the success. That comes up on people's radars that are looking at solutions. They find out, oh, this particular entity has engaged them. It's a credible entity. Um, let's look at pyrogenesis. So uh, word of mouth or being in particular um, um, symposiums where that's being discussed, it's, 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 a, it's, it's word of mouth and a, and, a, and a really concentrated BD effort where, where we think the low-hanging fruit is. All right, thank you for that. And the last question from Green Mountain Man, is a partner identified and discussions already underway for the build out of the European powder production plant? Or is Pyro in the early stages of this idea and still looking for a partner for this European build out? So for those that 
um, that are wondering, this is not to do with PFAS, it has to do with um, 3D printing. Yeah. So what we did was we identified uh, in one of our press releases, the, the fact that we are um, looking at having a powder production facility in Europe. And the reason is that's where we expect future clients to be. And we wanted to, um, to, to not engage the cost of transportation and with supply lines, but even just, even if the supply lines were in place, the cost of transportation, it's, it's, it's expensive. Uh, and we can, if we have a production facility in, in Europe, uh, it would, you know, we would make, we would not have to incur that cost. So the person, I think Green Mountain is asking, have we um, pursued this at all? Uh, is there, uh, what was it? What was the question exactly? It was, um, is a partner identified? Okay, so we are in uh, discussions. As you can imagine, people are interested in partnering with us to do that uh, in Europe. So we are in discussions with that, and they're very serious players, and um, uh, they're in the they're in the industry. They're in the, they're in that industry, and so we're very excited about the response we've gotten from from that announcement. So yes, discussions are taking place on how to strategically um, uh, engage in deploying a production facility, a powder production facility in Europe. Uh, next up is Octavius. Uh, Octavius is referencing the corporate update on the aluminum business line back on April 20th. And question number one, the potential new contract one, is it still in play? And they quote, the company has announced previously that it's bidding on an upstream opportunity valued at approximately $40 million. So they're asking, is it still in play? So the short answer is yes. However, as uh, I think I think we press release that that is being um, managed by an international engineering firm. We understand there's been, it's been delayed due to certain um, delays at the client's, uh, at the client's uh, facility. It has not been canceled, but there has not been any future developments. However, again, Here's the huge takeaway, George. It's not this particular contract, although it is this particular contract, okay? It's a, it's a nice contract. It's that we've identified, once we're inside the fence with right, very quickly, upstream and downstream opportunities. And I think we actually announced that this upstream opportunity, this particular one that, I, that, that the gentleman or the person is, uh, Octavius, I think, is, is talking to here. Uh, we've also mentioned that we've identified in our pipeline other um, companies that are interested in that same system, the, the upstream facility, facility uh, uh, thing. That's the big takeaway. The big takeaway here is that from our business development effort on right, we've immediately identified upstream opportunities, which are huge. So that's interesting in and of itself, but guess what? We get more bang for our buck when we do business development on right. We're selling a complete package now. So for the same BD effort, we can get a lot more potential contracts because we're addressing the complete from the, the, from the cradle to on the cradle to the grave, upstream, drawstring, and downstream residues, which I guess we'll talk about later on. The so downstream you're residues. You're essentially the proverb, you're the, the proverbial uh, knocking out two or three birds with one stone. Yeah. So let me just carry this further. Maybe we'll answer some questions or, uh, later on, but. Uh, so that's the upstream side. The downstream side, for those that don't know, have to do with the residues that come off of processing draws. 
they typically were landfilled or sold as a cheap aggregate. What we've identified is a, a, a technology which could take these residues and, and convert them into high value products, high value commodities. It's coming at a time when these residues are being more highly regulated than before. In fact, in some countries, they're, they're being banned from being landfilled as they were traditionally. Right. So here we come in with a draw rate system. We have a downstream solution, which not many companies have. We, it's almost like we've locked up that, that side of it. I mean, it's very difficult now to compete. When you add on now the upstream, you can see how we're becoming um, quite a formidable entity in that dross processing uh, uh, business. That's the takeaway. It's not so much, and I don't want to take it, I don't want to take people by diverting the attention from this contract, what's delayed. It was delayed. We don't know what's going to happen with it, but it doesn't stand in and of itself. It is an industry, another, another line of business that we've identified that's huge. And we've also found other people interested in it. So it's just not a one-off. So it's not, you know, Charlie Brown somewhere down the street wants to do something. It actually, it actually is huge. So this is this is the exciting thing that's yeah, happening. Making a, sale is, making a sale is one thing, but discovering that you've created another vertical is, yeah. is, is the exciting takeaway. And it's not that we have to put a lot more marketing effort into it. It's, yeah. it's leveraging off our existing marketing effort. This is what's very exciting right now at Pyrogenesis. These are all taking off um, and people are focusing on particular items, but not, you know, not realizing what, what it really means in the, in the scope of things. Um, and, and also like the powder production unit in, in Europe. Uh, there's a reason why we're thinking about it. I mean, it's, it's very exciting. We're, we're emerging from that period where we're developing a next-gen powder production system and people were waiting and waiting and waiting. Now it's now this discussion is being is taking place is we need a powder production unit in Europe. And there's actually sophisticated players talking to us about that, which seems to underscore the fact that there's a huge interest in doing it and there must be a market there. I'm not saying, you know, it could all fail. It could all go down the tube. But right now, that's the takeaway. I mean, that's that's the exciting part of it. And um, I'm, I'm talking. I, I can talk forever. I haven't talked yeah, to you yeah. ages. This is going to be a long a long interview. <laughs> hey, you know what? But people want to hear you, Peter. So don't yeah. be don't be worried about that. The, yeah. The, so the I'm, I'm super excited about the takeaways that were just that are coming out of these couple of questions so far, and, and I hope the market gets it. But and um, by the way, when you say waiting, side question of my own, uh, I think. Is it fair to say that both Pyrogenesis as a company and Pyrogenesis shareholders have to be a little patient when it comes to things like the upstream and the downstream opportunities because these are brand new solutions for the aluminum industry, for example. So, you know, they're not just buying a red car, which they've done for the last 50 years. So they like it, they're evaluating it, but it needs a little bit of time. Uh, Yeah, it's- uh, Or or am I wrong about that? No, of course, you're you're right. it's very difficult to introduce a new technology to anywhere, a new technology, um, particularly to a very conservative industry. So it takes time. Even when they're embracing us, like in the iron ore pelletization, it takes time for them to realign their thinking, to get the funding, to put things in place, because they have to buy things and get their, their, their facility in place. And when you add on to it, the delays we're seeing with respect to supply chain, not us, I mean, us a bit, but uh, on our clients, uh, on our client side and the labor issues that they're facing, you would, you, 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 there's these natural delays. There's these natural delays that, that occur. And, and patience 
is required. I mean, uh, we all wish that we could run and speed things up, uh, uh, you know, speed things up. There's, but there's, uh, there's not much we can do to speed things up. And that's where the patience has to come in. That's where second, the patient has to come in. Second question from Octavius. Could you please inform us about other potential contracts in business in the aluminum division? Probably not, because you have no, to disclose no. things like that. I think we did an update on the aluminum business sometime in April, uh, sometime the end of April, uh, mid-April, we did an update on the industry. Uh, we can't tell you about other contracts. Um, I'm, aren't you sufficient with what we're doing now with all the little contracts we've mentioned? Uh, so I, I can't talk about anything new here with respect right. to contracts. Right, and, yeah, and by the way, for everyone at home, unless in the press release, Peter can't just suddenly on a shareholder Q&A say, Oh, and by the way, we've got a fifty million dollars opportunity with George Com Aluminum. You know that that would break almost every 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 uh, disclosure rule in the book. Last one question from, but thanks for asking, Octavius. I mean, we know that shareholders sometimes want to know a little bit more, and that's okay. Yeah. Last question from Octavius: What can you tell us about the Drawstripe joint venture? This joint venture is in the final due diligence phase, but the joint venture is already evaluating specific locations for the first plant, in which a country decision has already been finalized. Uh, the joint ventures all started valuing additional locations in other countries for further plans. That's a that's probably an excerpt from a previous press release. Okay, so uh, so look, for those that um, are unfamiliar, what 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 Octavius I think is is talking about is what I was describing a few minutes ago, which is dealing with the residues coming off of the dross right systems, uh, handling dross. I'm sorry, um, and typically it was landfilled or used as an aggregate. And we've formed a joint venture with a, a company that has a technology which seems to be able to or should be able to convert those residues into high value uh, product. Um, I don't think I, you, you, I don't think I'm, I'll be speaking out of turn if I admit and I tell you that we've identified the first site uh, where we do that joint, where we, where we build out a facility that can convert the, 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 the residues. Um, I think that we're probably due for an update, a, a, a press release update. So we'll leave the rest for that. Uh, everything is going extremely well as far as that's concerned. So we're very happy with what's happening with the joint venture. Matt Boy is next. He says, hey, Peter, thanks for taking the time to do this. April 16th, 2021, a press release put out regarding the, the pipeline and potential for signed contracts. I won't read your entire quote from that, but the last part of the quote says, um, uh, by looking at uh, contracts that are expected to be signed in six months, then the pipeline is in excess of $65 million. Matt Boy says, at the time, I believe it was clarified, this pipeline not to do with backlog. Right. Where are you at today on these pipeline calculations? Was this a one-off order or multiple for something or multiple order for something that was canceled? Or can we expect this pipeline estimation to still be in effect, uh, just deferred or delayed due to COVID? Okay, so you're testing my memory into what was included in that. But I do recall one of the reasons I wanted to talk about pipeline at that particular time was because it was so huge relative to what we were previously experiencing in the past and i want to give um uh, shareholders and investors a sense of what was happening at pyrogenesis in terms of what we were seriously looking at um it was multiple contracts in there 
I don't know of any that were canceled in that pipeline. They were delayed. Now that was April of last year, you said. Right, April 2021. So there's been a lot of delays and supply chain issues with respect to our clients. I mean, significant, significant delays. Yeah, we all see that. Um, and the one of them, by the way, if and I'd have to check, but I think one of the contracts that was in there was a $40 million one we just talked about, the upstream one. I think that, that was one of them. I believe some of them have been converted into backlog probably. Um, but I can tell you, if you look at our pipeline now, which is, you know, contracts that are uh, quite a way along in terms of pipeline, eh, the number is bigger than that. The number is bigger than that. That's good. That's great to hear. Yeah. And, and that's an important look. We all have CRM systems in our businesses where we track our pipeline. So if yeah. you're talking to George Calm, it's just an initial discussion. It's you, it's not even really in the pipeline. But if you're on your cool. fifth discussion and you've done demos and you provide some possible quoting, then you can put it at that advanced stage. So yeah. that's great to know that the pipeline today is potentially even bigger. That's, that's well, great. significantly bigger. Yes. Uh, the second question, Matt Boyd was has already been answered. The forty million dollar draft rate contract in the Middle East. We've already talked about that. And the third one, Matt, uh, from Matt Boyd Peter, is something that others have kind of alluded to in the questions below. But their question is: Look at the past financial statements. It seems like cash is at an all time low. Does the company feel like financing will need to be considered soon? I'm sorry for laughing. An all time low. They haven't been around two years, three years ago. <laughs> Having a million dollars on our balance sheet. Was like, was like heaven back then. Um, look, you, you can't, if you look at, we deploy cash, right? So what, what, what you have to look at are all the tools we have in our toolbox. So uh, with respect to, are we gonna be able to keep the lights open with all the tools in our toolbox? Definitely, uh, definitely in my opinion, something really terrible has to go wrong. Uh, knock wood, it doesn't, no, no, the devil doesn't test me, but we have um, uh, huge receivables, huge receivables. So we get it, we, we, have, we have a sense of what's happening with that. Uh, we have a strategic investment that we could we could sell. I mean, not that we'd want to, but uh, there's a, there, and, and we know what's happening with respect to our pipeline converting into contracts. So um, I think the question is, uh, it's at an all-time low. It's low. Will, will you need to be? The question is really, will you need to do any financing or consider financing soon? Well, we can't talk about that ever. Yes or no? We don't. We, we're not allowed to talk about that. But uh, given all the, all the if, if, they, if the question is fundamentally, are we in some sort of a danger zone? The answer is no. Okay, answer perfect. Um, Dron, Dron Gok is next. Hopefully I'm pronouncing their name, Dron Gok. Uh, can you name a couple of industries that you have received company inquiries from to use pyrogenesis technologies that you weren't expecting and or surprised and or surprised you. So any other industries that have come out of nowhere? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of like funny, eh? because when you look at iron or pelletization, it sort of came out of nowhere. If you, if, you know, it's like a, we were doing something for Sweden, not realizing the pressure on the industry. So uh, it came out of nowhere. Uh, and, and 3D printing even, we're making, we're at, originally we're making machines and then we realized, you know, uh, the, the significance of powder production, which surprises a bit. Uh, I think we're becoming less surprised because we're focusing now, we know what we have with respect to our closures. So we're focusing on industries uh, where we know the clients uh, has similar needs uh, as, as the people we're talking to. So uh, there, there's none that we can speak to, but it's funny how, yes, you know, in the past, that's what was happening. But now it's becoming a lot more focused on, on, on the benefits of what we're doing. And 
the market is so huge, we have to concentrate on the low hanging fruit. Human Torch is next, the Human Torch. Uh, a tolling agreement in Europe was said to be announced by the end of 2021. Is this still possible? Are there any updates on that potential contract and or some of the other proposals for tolling in South America? So uh, the European one is, we have a European tolling contract that we're, under, we're, in, we're in discussions with. Uh, the South American one, I believe was um, a residue a residue tolling, uh, which is also, they asked us about draws rights. So we have two proposals in front of them, uh, one for the draws right, one for the residue. And, and that's progressing as well. July, second question from the Human Torch. July 18th, you stated that you expect a powder distribution agreement in the very, quote, very near future. Any update? Do Pyro's powders have to be qualified by the aerospace company first? Or these two different industries with different standards for your powder? Okay, so can you... I mean, there's a couple of questions in that one question. What was what was it again? It was um, right. so. The first one is July 18th. You said you expect the powder distribution agreement in the very new future. So the first question. So any update on that? So I don't think we ever said that a powder distribution agreement was coming in the very near future. I think what we said was that we provide more information on developments in the very near future. Um, All right. So, any update on? So, so well, we'll we'll do that in a press release when it when it when it comes. All right. The second thing he said was something about in different industries, or. So the second the second question is: Do Pyro's powders have to be qualified by the aerospace company first, or are these two different industries with different standards for your powder? So I don't know. I think the only thing that he's mentioned in this question is the aerospace industry. Yeah, I don't know what the second one is, but yeah, I want so, to so, ask it exactly. So what, as what, it, what it might be is, he might be asking, or she might be asking, with respect to uh, the um, the North American company, uh, which is qualifying our powders, does it have to go through Albert Duval in Europe? And the answer is no. Um, with respect to the aerospace industry, any powder that's being sold to the aerospace industry has to go through qualifications. So I think I, I think I, uh, if he's talking about just other industries for powder, um, the, the medical industry is stringent. I think the aerospace industry is the most stringent. Uh, but each industry has their own qualifications uh, that no, you have no. to that you have to meet. Yeah. Last question from the Human Torch: Do you expect shipping and deliveries to recover and return to more normal levels in the second half of 2022? So I guess. You know, in, uh, maybe that's something everyone's thinking about, which is we know that there are supply chain issues, transport issues around the world for it, it's the domino effect has impacted pretty much everybody. So what do you see as the macro picture for the second half of 2022 with respect to? So the, the challenges facing delivery? most companies these days, including our, our clients, is uh, supply chain and labor. Okay, we have been seeing the labor uh the pressure on labor come off. We're seeing a lot more resumes, better resumes, and the discussions are a lot more reasonable with respect to uh, new hirees. Uh, and, and I'm getting a sense that I'm hearing that generally speaking. Uh, with respect to supply chain, I we don't see it coming off in the second half of this year, maybe early next year. 
uh, but we don't see, well, at least we're not preparing, we're, we're preparing for the worst. We're preparing for continued supply chain issues and we're adjusting towards that. Yeah, that's consistent with what everyone else is saying too. Yeah. Pegasus 2 first says, thanks for the opportunity to raise questions here, Peter and George. You're welcome, Pegasus 2. Uh, first question, going back to the PFA, going back to the PFAs. Um, with respect to the massive worldwide PFAS problem, Pyro's plasma-driven solution, uh, public water systems seem to be one of the most promising solutions. But a couple of days ago, news came out that a research team found a way to destroy various PFA types by a simple and cheap chemical solution called sodium hydroxide. To, question first, to what extent will this have an impact on Pyro's offering in this area? Well, first of all, it's not impacting the contracts we have, nor the contracts that were that are taking place. That were taking place. You're gonna you're gonna hear. You know, it's it's a new it's a new field, right? Everybody is gonna have their their solution. Uh, you've heard it in waste treatment, you know, for many many years. We've heard it all across the board. Um, we don't see this as, uh, although we haven't got gone into depth, we 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 haven't identified this as a particular threat or the um, the, uh, the golden answer to the question. So the short, the short answer is we don't see it as a threat. Uh, the market is huge, and we don't. Right. Don't see it. No, no. Yeah, there's not going to be. For, and I'm going to add an anecdote in there. First of all, it was a research team, which is great, but research is far from commercialization, right? It means that right. a couple of scientists have just, but then they got to find a way to scale it up. Da, da, da. So you're talking about. If researchers find a solution to something, you can count at least a couple of years until they can scale it up to commercialization. So yeah. I want to bring that up. Um, and then the second question is, how do you look at Pyro's uh, PFA uh, product offering going forward? It's a pretty open-ended question. Well, we're just gonna we're gonna use our plasma expertise to look at solutions that'll take care of the sludge in the water in the waste in the in the water uh, uh, stream. Um, we'll just continue doing what we're doing. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how to answer that question, George. Yeah, it's pretty I'm open ended. Sorry. It's a little bit of steady as you go. I always feel right? to answer it, but I don't know how. <laughs> so, so uh, we're actually we're very excited about being again being at the forefront of this technology of this of this of this problem. We believe there's a plasma-based solution, and and I think we're on top of it. Uh, time will tell. Uh, it's it's nice to be there. I mean, they're paying us to to develop it, so why not? And the last question is: uh, I can imagine that plasma-based solutions remain the most attractive one. For instance, where PFAs have to be destroyed in one single step. Is that correct? Well. I don't know about the one single step uh, aspect of the question, but I, we do see it as right now, we don't see anything better or else we wouldn't waste our time doing it. All right, and Pegasus says they're long power on HPQ for a very long time. So thanks, Pegasus. Thanks. Next up, Mag Beach 2. Mag Beach 2. Love these names, by the way. At some point, I want to have these people on and figure out where they got that, how they put these names together. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for taking the time to entertain questions. In the latest quarterly call, a question was asked about business lines most likely to add revenue in the short term or something along those lines, they're yeah. paraphrasing. The answer was in order, dross right, torches and powders bring up the rear. Is that the order of precedence for the short term or do you see that 
order changing in the long term based on what you're seeing for the pipeline of each? Well, that's that's a that's a that's a, that's interesting. Well, look, I'll, I'll answer it this way: it was it was short term commercialization. I think it was the question that I answered back then, and 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 draws rights fully commercial, and we were talking to people and things like that. Torches is obviously a, a quick follow-up, right? Because we got all the iron ore pelletization happening and we're looking at, um, at, 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 at providing uh, high temperature solutions to heavy industry, uh, environmentally friendly high temperature solutions to heavy industry. So I know torches are, are right behind and, 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 and 3D printing, which is the powder is now coming on stream. Uh, we're starting to talk about uh, powder production in Europe. We're, we're hopefully gonna be qualified shortly with, uh, by some, uh, some OEMs. So that's the reason why probably uh, on the spot, I, I ranked them that way. But here's something interesting. Um, a torch, a couple of torch, torches are equivalent to a, a dross rate system. Okay, so you can see how it, it's a much, much more powerful revenue stream when you look at it from that perspective. Plus you can get to it, it, it just with a couple of months, you know, you, you get the order, you know, a couple of months later, you got the thing in operation. It's got a nice um, uh, 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 spare parts revenue. recurring revenue stream. Uh, so you can see how that's going to be, you know, quite interesting. When you start talking about three D printing, it's almost like it's 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 endless. I mean, what what we can do there in terms of revenue stream is is, is the sky's the limit. So I suspect. Uh, down the road, you know, you know, five years down the road, if you reverse them, that's probably uh, the contribution to the to the revenues and bottom line of each one. Wow, that's amazing! Because the <laughs> went on to ask, do you expect three D powders to eclipse dross rate? But so huge! I mean, just so uh, once you're there, revenue down the road. So, would you expect well, that to happen? Yeah, once you're there, it's um, it's 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 just it's just powders being produced day in day out, and it's it's easy, it's, it's easy for the same client. It's repeat revenue. You know, well, once you once you have a a, a, a torch ordered, and uh, there's some there's some uh, uh, repeat revenue coming from maintenance and 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 and, and, um, and spare parts. But on powders, they're using it. You know, you keep on printing. They're using it. They're using. It, they're using. It. So it's it's, yeah. it's uh, a bit of a, a an amateur's way of describing. <laughs> describing well, it reminds me of those carnival. But, you know, those carnival horse races where you're where you're squirting water. And you got horses that are so it seems like dross right torches and powders are three separate horses and yeah. right now dross rights in front torches right behind and powders here but it's yeah. only the very beginning so you expect those to kind of almost but then again when you look at dross right when you when you look at dross right okay george i mean that, there's another story here i mean you look at dross right just dross right that's one thing but when you start looking at upstream and downstream yeah, we're it. talking about a whole other kettle of fish and and now you're starting to have a, a an impact in the aluminum industry and it goes on and on and on so uh yeah it's great to have it's great to know that you have three potentially explosive separate applications for the plasma torch technology that at any time could just literally yeah land you big revenue contracts on your on your doorstep so mag beach thanks for the questions snowdrift okay, one so here's the takeaway there george again here's another takeaway from that question i mean yeah. Most companies have one product line, they're dross right kind of thing, or they're doing torches or they're doing 3D printing. Yep. The fact that you can ask the question and wonder which one's gonna be the dominant one. And you're talking about three real amazing, dom you know, huge space uh, 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 business lines. And the takeaway there is 
there's three huge business lines that we can't really figure out which one's going to do better than the other. And each one is pretty big. That's the takeaway from the yeah. question. And I, I think, again, as I said, I'm hoping I'm going to, I can underscore some of the takeaways as opposed to answering uh, some of the questions directly, because the, the takeaways are of huge value. The fact that we can ask that question differentiates pyrogenesis from many companies because we're a fund of revenue streams, uh, and which sort of de-risks the company. If one slows down, the other one continues and, and vice versa. Yeah, and that's the power of your plasma torch technology is the multiple applications of it. The ones that we've identified, the ones we pursued have de-risked the company from that perspective. Definitely, George. Snowdrift One asks, thanks. Uh, first, they say, thanks for scheduling this Q&A. Much appreciated. Um, same question about the balance sheet. In this liquidity in the liquidity section of the quarterly financial, it says, as of June 30th, 2022, the company's cash capital is 1.3. I'm ballparking. In addition, the accounts payable and crude liabilities is 9.4, payable within 12 months. So same question there, Peter, can we expect you have to raise some capital and we've already answered. Well, you have to look that. at receivables, you have to look at strategic investments. You have to, you have to, you know, if I had, if I had a dime for every uh, time through the, my 20 year history or whatever it is with the company, we've had this issue um, of people asking us, we wouldn't have a, we'd be, we'd be filthy rich. Positive thinker. Uh, there has been and there hasn't been any more mentioned. So now we're going back to see this is a great thing about going chronological. You're hopping back and forth. So this is going to the iron ore torches for the iron ore process, uh, yep. iron ore pelletization, guys. There has been any more mention of Company C, and Company C was the one who wanted to skip the modeling phase and go straight to purchasing a torch. So question. Are they waiting for the results of the SAT from company A? No, no, not at all. Each company has their own SAT, has their own, they're not relying on somebody else, uh, and, and nor should they. I mean, they, they, have, they have their own responsibility to their, uh, to their board. Um, so the answer to that is no. By the way, within, you know, as I'm looking at this question, within the torch for pelletization, we also have a subset of three horses, company A, company B, and company C. So for those that are not familiar with the uh, company C, you said they, they didn't want to do the computer simulation. Um, you may recall, and, and still, we, we would really like to do computer simulation because it de-risks the whole thing to another level. Uh, what does it mean, computer simulation? It's a very small, it's a computer simulation where we simulate what's taking place in their particular furnace. Um, so not, not that it's vastly different from other furnaces, but there's subtleties that would help us understand better how to, how to how, you know, what to provide them. Um, I think we also mentioned, oh, well, I don't want to talk about too much detail about company C, but company C was different from uh, company A and B in that they were really looking at what else could pyrogenesis plasma torch expertise help them with? See, that's the takeaway from this particular company C that we've mentioned in the past. The fact that this company had the, the, the foresight, if you will, to look at not just armor pelletization, but 
how can this plasma torch help reduce emissions and carbon footprint across all their holdings? This leads me to, to point out something else. With respect to high temperature heating in heavy industry, pyrogenesis is really a Tesla. Say that again? Yeah. With respect to high temperature heating in heavy industry, what we're doing is similar to what Tesla has been doing to the automotive industry. And the comparison is as follows. They're two very conservative industries. And Tesla came up with an electronic car, which has turned the whole industry on its head. And it's ostensibly, it's environmentally friendly. Similarly, that's what pyrogenesis is doing. We are becoming the high temperature heating solution to heavy industry, a conservative industry that reduces greenhouse gases and carbon footprints. And client C was smart enough to see that. And they said, okay, and let's not talk about iron pelletization. So let's just talk about everything. Let's talk about what, 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 are, what, what can happen here. Um, and those discussions have been extremely interesting. I, I won't go into them now. Uh, at the right time, we'll, we'll, we'll publicize those conversations. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have something to say. But that's the most interesting thing. So that's the takeaway from client C again. Um, underscores the impact pyrogenesis is having on a very conservative industry. It's not a delay of, of sorts. It's, 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 it's really significant what's taking place. It's a and discovery. Again, it's more like, again, a, George, it can more all like go a discovery to, phase. Yeah, the it can all go to hell in a handbasket. I mean, you know, uh, uh, but it doesn't seem like it's laying up that way when you have three independent entities, each way going down its own path, and they're coming to similar conclusions. There may be delays, there may be further delays, there may be adjustments, but it seems like we're onto something big. Sidebar question then. Sure. Given the statement, this is my question, sidebar question. And I think, and I, think I could probably hear in advance going back to the future, uh, you know, through Michael J. Fox's movie, that people will be asking this question, saying George asked this question. So the question I have for you is, given how, you view how company C views pyrogenesis in the broader picture of high temperature solutions for heavy industries. What branding efforts do you think you guys might make? Because right now you can go out, you're in, in you're inside these verticals, but I almost think it would be great to see it'd be here's a simple, simple, simple scenario. It'd be great to start seeing advertisements for pyrogenesis on CNBC or on Bloomberg, you know, position the company as the plasma torch company that can solve all these greenhouse gas solutions and position yourself as that, that general brand, right? So that, yeah, but you know, so the people you know, do. So are know. there any plans for that? And uh, no, no I, there's no plans for that. That's a very expensive endeavor. And I and I and I, as nice as it sounds, like we, we, we differ from Tesla in that every Joe Blow doesn't use a plasma torch. Of course. Nor do they care about a plasma torch. 
within the industries themselves, yes, I think we will do some heavy marketing once we have a couple of successes. Okay. And the successes themselves will bring on their own, um, you know, the, the, the periodicals will, will, will talk about it. The industrial periodicals, those, those platforms or those, uh, the communication that that industry will use to, 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 dis to discuss things will we'll probably be front and center. I mean, uh, um, you know, we're front and center because it's huge news and will solve a lot of problems. So, uh, so vertical specific branding is yeah, where you're going to go. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm glad I mean, we had Joe, that. Joe Blow, you, you, you may see it, but you're not going to, you're not going to. I'm not going to go buy a porch to do my barbecue. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. But I'm glad we had that because I could, yeah. I knew it was something that was on the tip of my tongue. So I figure then that other people were going to ask the same thing. Uh, the second question from Positive Thinker, you've already answered. Are there other companies waiting for the for the SAT of Company A? No, because everyone had their own. So we won't go back to that. And the last question from them is, it seems to be taking longer than most thought for the four torch order to be completed. Is it fair to say that the initial orders take much longer than follow-up orders? No, no. So the initial orders take uh, a long time because people are it's the first time they got to get their head around it. They got to, you know, earmark some money for it. And again, they have to go buy things to make the, to make the facility uh, ready for our for our system. Um, again, you have the supply chain issue. We are we we can deliver the torches tomorrow. We're fitting into their schedule, their plan, yeah. their financing, their whatever it is that they have uh, to do first. Um, and, and I've heard this, you know, why does it take four torches, you know, so much longer than one torch? It doesn't. If we had one torch, four torches, or 400 torches, they basically would take the same time. Um, because we do it all sequentially. We don't have to do them um, uh, consecutively. We don't do one torch and another torch. We do them all at the same time. So it would take us all roughly the same time to do it. Um, the reason why four torches are taking longer um, if you reverse the companies, okay, and if client A ordered four and client B ordered one, we'd have done the four torches. They'd be delivering now because client A is ready for them uh, and client B is not. They want it further on. So the one torch would take, you know, it's got to do with the client schedule. All right. And the delay again with client A, there was, a, I think, a 90-day delay that we announced uh, or up to a 90-day delay, had to do with them having their facility ready. Not about us, not about our, our, our ability to, to commission or assemble or anything like that. And I, I love that philosophy in a lot of ways, what we, what we do at Agoracom, which is we never want the client to be waiting for us, but if we're waiting for the client, that's okay. So that's what's going on Pyrogenesis right now. They're not knocking on your door saying, hey, Peter, where are my damn torches? You're ready to go. You're, you're just waiting on them. And that's the yeah. ideal situation. We're working towards the day when they knock on our door saying, where are the damn torches? But that's uh, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> Next question is from Mess, Mess PLM, Mess P1M, Mess PLM, Mess Plum. Uh, uh, I'll find out how to, how to pronounce that another time. Great question. How many, if any, employees were hired specifically to enable Pyro? to gear up to execute major pelletization torch contracts. And if court, if torch contracts were substantially delayed, uh, would you have to let go of some of them to minimize burn? So we have, no, we have no plans at all to let go of people. 
Uh, we didn't during COVID. We didn't do. We we keep we keep our key people. Um, the um, I think the question was how many did we specifically? Hire? I can't I can't say we didn't. I can't say we didn't hire any specifically for an. We don't typically hire specifically for an industry. We hire a project manager to project manage, and and, and it's right. flexible. So um, uh, we didn't go out and, and, and hire a ton of people for one particular contract. That's for sure. And interesting point on the, this is meant to be a pleasantry, but it, it uh, from Mesplum, but it actually brings in something to quickly talk about. They say. Regardless of stock price and discussion forum negativity, it's been awesome to watch Power Genesis progress the past couple of years. Uh, you want to say something about discussion forum negativity and how you're going to be changing, uh, you're, going to, you're going to be updating your uh, activity on Agoracom specifically. So maybe you want to fit that in now and why? Well, I think sometimes the, um, the um, so, so there's two, there's two, uh, the first thing has got to do with general negativity on forums. I think there's a, there's other agendas. I mean, if you don't understand what's happening at Pyrogenesis, don't appreciate what's happening. I mean, you shouldn't be investing in stock. I mean, you're, you're, you're a dumbass, excuse me. Um, and they have hidden agendas. It just, it's just, sometimes I read things, it's just so stupid, I can't believe it. Uh, however, um, with respect to your, your other comment, uh, we've been so busy, regretfully, George, we have not been, as attentive to the questions that come up on Agoracom as we'd like to. Uh, so what we have committed to do is, is renew our commitment to Agoracom by um, uh, suggesting that after this interview, anything before that, forget it, because we can't go back. Uh, we've neglected it because we've been so busy. But any questions coming forward, we're gonna try our best to answer them in a timely fashion like we did in the past. Either Great. me, Rodane or Steve, one of us will try to um, answer the question. And by the way, we want to make it clear for everyone at home, and I think you share the sentiment that people have legitimate, constructive questions or concerns. Those are welcome because you want to hear those from investors, right? If George says, hey, Peter, I'm a little bit concerned. Maybe you're going to have to let go of some torch employees because of the delays. You want to hear that question yeah, because you want to give that answer. But what we don't want at Agoracom is the daily mind-numbing you know, I, I'm not even going to comment on what they say, but just that that, that does not any constructive. They're, they're not questions of shareholders or concerns of shareholders that are real. It's more just a, a bitch session at the end of the day. And that's what we don't want to see around Pyro. So that's why more of the conversation will start taking place around the Agoracom forum. Is that fair to say that? Yep, most certainly. That's the only forum we uh, actively engage uh, over, over, over the years, uh, investors with good questions. Back to the questions. Lady AME. Oh, no, sorry. Tom B. Uh, in past interviews, Power mentioned that you were working on many new industries other than steel and aluminum that were looking at replacing their diesel torches. For example, cementing glass. Can you give an update on the cementing glass industries? Well, we, can't, we can't give updates uh, in this forum. But I can remind people that one of the industries that we we are dealing with is the automotive industry with respect to this. That we have press release. I can just remind it's not just um, iron ore, but we're looking at also um, automotive. All right. Thanks, Tom B. I appreciate that. Lady AME, uh, who says, and very timely, because this is chronological, guys, so we haven't planned this. Uh, she says, my name is Dina, and I don't mind using my name 
because I have an honest concern from supportive, but right now a little worried investor. This, this is about her question, but see, that's that's fine. That's exactly what we want to see either in the Q&A in the video or on the forum on Agoracom when, when investors are talking to each other. So her question, title, selling of millions of shares. At the risk of asking something that could be very personal for you, the selling of millions of shares is disconcerting to me as a very long time shareholder, especially at the low end of the uh, of the price scale. Can you tell us if the selling is to prop up our kitty in case it is needed due to delays in orders? Oh, is that the question? Yeah. So I like, I'm gonna answer it on three different levels. Um, and, and none of them specifically will answer this question, I guess, but let's see if I can. First of all, you have to look at who is selling, okay? People say I'm selling, but it's actually, um, they consider it to be related parties. So the one that's selling is Mellon. Uh, we call it Mellon. It's a family trust that holds a lot of real estate. So they sell and they also have particular interests or, or needs other than um, they're just selling. I mean, they, they, they may have some pressures on the real estate. We've gone through COVID. There's been pressure on real estate. Uh, that's one thing. Um, the second is when you look at all the related companies and people, uh, the number of shares, I, I have to check on this. Um, the number of shares I own has been increasing, I believe, over time. So for instance, I have um, um, a, um, an option that is, expires in, um, in November. I think I exercise, I know I exercised. I think I bought over a million shares uh, under that uh, yesterday, the day before. So when that's completed, I think you'll see that again, from the beginning, from the end of the year, it's gone down, but it's gonna be at, compared to the end of the year, my actual number of shares have gone up. Um, so I think that should give people some comfort. At the end of the day, I some shares have to be sold in order for me to exercise options because when I exercise options, I also have to pay taxes and taxes are due immediately. And there's some estate planning. The other thing is, when you look at the percentage of my portfolio, it's a, it, although you say millions of shares, it's, a, it's, it's an insignificant, not insignificant, it's, it, it's, it's a small amount of the total portfolio that's being sold. But I would still control the company th through the percentage of, of ownership that everybody owns. One might argue that at some level, if you don't diversify, even, even if you're happy with something, it's not prudent not to diversify. And if I don't personally diversify, then what type of CFO or ECO am I of a company if I'm gonna take those type of risks? So when you, when you take yep. all this into consideration, first of all, my actual number of shares are increasing over time, um, that it's a related party that's selling and that it's such a small percentage of my overall holdings and it doesn't affect control I think if you put in that perspective, you, you shouldn't worry at all. I'm still driven by, um, by developing a destiny. 
I mean, um, a, um, yeah, a, um, not a destiny, a um, dynasty. Thank you. <laughs> I'm developing a dynasty and that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed at all. So I hope I've answered um, yeah. the, ladies, the, ladies, the ladies' question properly. But I'm not, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be concerned about it other than people who want to make a fuss about it um, to generate some insecurities amongst investors. That's the only concern I have. I will add to that anecdotally for everybody at home. Michael Dell once, you know, when he was selling some of his shares in Dell and had some investor concerns said, hey, you got to understand something. Dell Computers makes up 99.5% of my net worth. I have to sell some shares along the way just on a periodic basis, just to diversify myself, not because I don't have confidence in the future of Dell, but prudence dictates that I can't have 99.5% of my wealth in one thing, no Very matter much how so. much I believe in it. So he actually had the same mess for shareholders where he said, I've got to sell some along the way just to do some other things and no. spread out my eggs a little bit. And by the way, I will add, in my personal uh, opinion, that I'm not going to speak about you, but a CEO, if a CEO has an overwhelming majority amount of their wealth in Georgecom, I actually have a concern that they're more likely to make poor short-term or long-term decisions based on that. Because when your entire worth is, 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 is tied up in Georgecom, then you're much more sensitive to the kind of decisions. So you're more likely to maybe make a short-term decision that's not as great for the company, but might boost my balance sheet because the stock price goes up a little and in turn sacrifice something for the long-term. So I actually- I, I, I actually take the opposite view of that, George. That I, I, I actually take the opposite view. Okay. When you have so much invested, you, 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 you have a long-term view of things, you know, unless you want to get out tomorrow. I mean, but and I, that's obviously not my, my situation. But you're also more likely to worry about any short-term COVID, some kind of, uh, uh, and you might overreact to something because no matter what, as a human being, not you, just people in general, you're more sensitive to, uh oh, this issue is taking place. That may sink me. I'm going to make a knee-jerk reaction to make sure. I, I think it's just human nature. Maybe, maybe. I, I tend to look at long-term things. I tend to look long-term and decisions yeah. long-term. And, well, and, 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 and all the little fluctuations are just noise. They're just, you know, they're just... Uh, they're, they're not even distractions because I'm focused on the long term. Uh, if something affects the long term, not delays it, affects it, then I'm concerned. But if there's if there if there's short term things, it's like driving a bus. I mean, I think a bus ride home. You know, if it happens to be diverted because it's an accident or something or whatever, you know you're going to get home. But if all of a sudden it shuts down and, and you're in the middle of nowhere and you have to walk home, then you're concerned. I mean, so the short term thing doesn't bother me if there's diversions and things like this. I have a long-term strategy. The long-term strategy is, is, is still good. It's still pure. It still makes sense. I don't have a worry. Yeah, and there's no I, doubt you're different from most, though. There's no doubt you're, you're different from yeah. most, and that's why you are where you are. Uh, Bisou asked a question, but it was all in French. So to respect Bisou, uh, what I figured was I, I sent over the question to your team, Peter, and maybe you guys answer that question in French on the forum. Okay, uh, we'll do that. 
All right. Mm -hmm. So I figured that's uh, that that that'd be a respectful way to go. So Bisu, look for your answer uh, on the Agoracom form. Do you do you know what do you know what he asked in in, in translation or? Uh, I did get. Uh, let's see. I did get. I did get something that was translation. Do you want me to find, uh, give me sure. one second here? Out of respect for him, maybe we should try and answer here as well. We'll answer on the forum as well, but. Um... Yeah, I thought I saw it come in. Give me one second. Oh, translation. So here's the question translation for everybody. I wonder why you don't name your customers by their real name instead of talking about customer A, B, C, et cetera. You have the best products in the world, torch and powder, and moreover, they are patented. Uh, I wonder why you're not more aggressive and shout louder. It can make your name more known and increase interest in your products. It seems that you like to keep a lot of ambig ambiguous situations, which in my opinion, work against you and your company. This way seems quite unique and it does not help to attract the interest of future customers and even shareholders to be more interested in your company. So you get the gist oh, there. So, Maybe so, 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 there. Yeah, sure. I've, I've talked about this many times, and it's it's a good question because new new newcomers to the forum uh, may uh, may have that question as well. Uh, essentially, well, first of all, sometimes we're not allowed to mention the client's name, right? But if, right. if we can, unless they mention us, uh, we won't mention their name because that's part of our know-how. Unless, I mean, <coughs> unless it's an industry where there's a lot of big players and we're playing with the big players and there's a lot of small players to, to differentiate. But for instance, iron pelletization, um, we don't mention the client's names. Uh, that's how we believe our know-how. Uh, but any, uh, you just fill in the blank with any large iron or pelletizer, you're not gonna get a different conclusion. So we say, you, you know, fill it out with anybody's name. The reason is in, in our early days, we had some, uh, we were dealing with some small companies. We mentioned their names and investors were calling up the small companies inundating yeah. them with calls and bugging the hell out of them. And they got annoyed asking, well, what's happening? What's happening? What's thinking they could get some inside line and trade on it. It was quite annoying uh, to our clients. And we were, you know, it was, it was, it was a bit sad. They were small companies. Um, so to avoid that and also to avoid other people, every, every snake oil salesman that has an idea to inundate the companies with other, uh, you know, st stupidities. It's our know-how. Now, if it really matters, um, we try to describe the client in terms of, you know, sometimes I think we say it's a very small entity, you know, I think we've done that a couple of times, or it's a very large one. And so I don't think that identify where we where we don't identify the name we've given enough information yeah. that people can draw the right conclusion agreed okay and you and give up a competitive advantage because suddenly george is going to call up abc widgets there and say hey i, I saw you deal with pyrogenesis on a plasma tour i got a better plasma torch solution talk to me and mm -hmm. i may not have one but now i'm diluting that potential customer and you're 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 essentially telling the world that customer is looking for alternative solutions. So you lose competitive advantage. Yeah. So I, I do agree. I, I don't, I I do don't think, I think, your, I think, uh, um, I think we've been very good by being able to describe the clients um, to such a degree that people can figure out what the value is. End zone. Uh, and that's end zone as in football, not Enzo as in Ferrari. 
spinning out, spin out of the additive manufacturing division. Where is that at? Because there was talk before that the uh, the AM division might be spun out. Uh, what's the status of that, or, or where is it thinking at today? So um, there's still a desire. So the takeaway here is, I believe that the company's investors are best served if we can spin off entities to make it simpler to understand. Because right now we're um, uh, iron or pelletizer, we're 3D printing, we're doing a number of things, waste treatment. And so it's hard to, to analyze pyrogenesis and put a value on the different uh, elements. Uh, back in the 60s, um, companies were, uh, were, were, um, were on the Dow Jones, they broke up into smaller entities for the same reason. And during the 1960s, I can't remember which gears exactly, the Dow Jones skyrocketed, but there's real, it was just paper shuffling. And because the smaller the entity, the easier to understand, the more investments attracted to it. For instance, somebody might like to invest in us for added manufacturing, but they don't want to have their money at risk in industries or lines of business they don't understand. So they're reluctant. Uh, if we could spin off uh, 3D printing, it would attract more investment. It would attract better conversations for joint ventures and maybe, maybe even carve out things and sell them. So the fundamental takeaway here is the board is, um, is geared towards that, that strategy, eventually spinning off things once they become a, a, a mature enough to spin off. Yeah, that's what Enzo asked. So, are you looking for certain milestones before a spinoff? Like it achieves a, it achieves a, a, a division, not just additive, but even the other one. Do you want them to achieve a certain you know revenue milestone or certain number of units milestone? Uh, so, are, and you don't have to name the milestones, but I'm assuming you yeah, want. Yeah, there's certain there's certain things that we'd like to right. to tick off. I mean, as soon for instance, we're developing next gen. That that came out of the blue. We developed next gen. Now we're going through the uh, the the uh, the, uh, the strategic uh, sorry the um, the qualification. So at some point they'll be we'll have ticked the boxes and they'll be ready for a spinoff. Okay, good to know. Good to know the strategy is still in play. Next up is Donice Donis. Going back to PFAs. On the subject of PFAs, was Power looking at cleaning up the actual contaminated water? or cleaning up the waste that is the cause of the PF uh, of the PFAs leaching into the water systems everywhere that these products were disposed of. So I guess, where's the point well, of attack? Well, well if, we, if we're at the source, we'd have to be in your bathtub. I mean, we'd have to, you know, it's from the shampoo and everything else. It's actually the sludge that's in the water at the waste treatment plant. It's actually the sludge that we're treating that contains the PFA, the, 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 the hazardous waste. Thanks, Donis. Next up, common sense. Dear Peter, you've now been CEO of Pyro for over 31 years or about half your life. This seems like one of those, this is your life moments. Yeah. Uh, congratulations don't, on everything. Don't, don't remind me. Congratulations <laughs> on everything you've achieved with your team at Pyro all these years. Not only the CEO, but also own about half the stock. Of course, I wish you good health and hope you remain CEO for many years. As I feel you're doing a great job building the empire. However, Here's the question. Nobody lives or rules forever and changes in leadership or ownership tend to make investors nervous and put pressure on the stock price. So can you lend, can you shed some light on how things are arranged when you would retire or would no longer be able to lead the company? So I guess succession plan or- no, there's, there's, there's obviously succession planning. And, and um, 
I think uh, if you look at me, let's just say, I mean, I, I'm, I'm readily replaceable, uh, George. I mean, I'm a finance guy. I have a certain strategy and vision. I'll be replaced by somebody who has, you know, a finance guy that has a certain strategy and vision, maybe slightly different. The company's got to a size, I believe, that it's become a lot, uh, independent of, of whether I'm here or not, to some degree, okay? Uh, the, 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 the employees are there. There's a large number of employees. The, the risk is diversified over many employees, but there is a succession plan. But I don't think people should put um, all this emphasis on whether Peter is here. The, may, may, several years ago, when we were 20, 30 people, a smaller company evolving, maybe. But I've managed the company in such a way that, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm confident if something happens to me, I mean, if I retire, it's gonna be a nice retirement. It's gonna be or in an orderly fashion. But if something drastic happens to me, um, I don't want all my work to be for naught. I mean, the shares, I, I want to maintain their value and, and grow uh, for, for the family. Absolutely. So there's, there's, there's definitely succession planning in, in, in place. Hey, and Warren Buffett is still running Berkshire Hathaway. They keep asking him about succession plan. But he's still running it, right? And he's got That's a succession right. plan. Question number two is: I know some former employees of uh, of the former Air Siren, Air Science, now Pyro Green Gas, have resigned and found other jobs. Do you experience the difficulty in keeping the know-how of Air Science? How is the integration working out so far? Merger is not easy. I, I, I said that from before. I think most mergers or acquisitions are failures. Uh, if you look at the record. Uh, as, as companies are are are, 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 are told by brokers to get excited about something, but I've been in the business many years. Well, merge acquisitions um, should not be entered into lightly. There are challenges. People typically leave on their own accord because they're um, they're nervous or they're they may we, we we get rid of them because they're redundant. Generally speaking, I'm extremely excited about that acquisition um, as events are turning, taking are evolving in in, in the world. Uh, the, 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 the need for renewable natural gas is increasing. And I think we're there front and center and we have a role to play, particularly in Quebec. So um, how things are evolving, we're very excited about how they're evolving. And we're uh, actually, we're, we're strategically, we had a, a strategic meeting on, on how, to, how, to, how to move it even quicker uh, to the next phase recently. So we're very excited about it. And Common Sense's last question is something we've already talked about which is branding. And the question was, would you do more general public branding? And we talked about that a few minutes ago. We said that wouldn't make sense because George yeah. isn't going to go out and run and buy a plasma torch, yeah. but you will do much more branding within the verticals as you keep achieving more success. Exactly. Uh, so thanks. Thanks. But it's, 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 uh, it's fun to see how shareholders are thinking about branding, which means that I interpret that as they really believe that pyrogenesis technology is so great and solution so great that they want the whole world, they're, they're comfortable with the whole world hearing about it yeah. and thinking they'll be as easily impressed and wowed. So that, I'm that's- impressed. I'm impressed, I'm, I'm complimented by that. I'm impressed by that. Yeah, I think that's great. Cause if you tell, if they tell you, Peter, don't tell anybody about pyro, keep the story low key, then you got to worry, yeah. right? Um, Hoagie asks, hi, Peter. Thanks for the opportunity to ask questions. Can you reveal our relationship, if any, and I know what the answer is going to be, but we got to ask the question. If any, to these companies, gas RNG systems, biogas Mentano, Amoresco, Echo Lamondo, Bozen Energy, and Enbridge. It seems like we're involved in multiple projects through Pyro Green Gas, but there are no updates. Thank you. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll do an update in due course. We can't do it here. Right. Yeah. You can't. You can't just. You can't just do it here. Right. That's right. 
All right. So, but updates will be coming in due course. You thinking? When, when something emerges that is, is material enough to talk about, yeah, for sure. Okay. 007. Hey, Peter, longtime faithful shareholder. Years ago, I came across Pyro through an investment forum discussing electric vehicle batteries regarding silicon nanopowders. As you're aware, there's a worldwide race to commercial scale and success with PureVap would, would bring immediate worldwide attention to Pyro just like 3D powders have. Have you considered a full court press with your team to get PureVap, QRR, and NSIR to advance quicker? So that's the question. Well, the, the full race court press, I think, is different. Yeah. So I think the full court press he's talking about is not external. It's more internal. Right, right. Yeah. So it's, we can only go as fast as we can go. Uh, so we are putting a lot of effort into it. Um, uh, I think we have the prototype. I let Bernard talk about it, but the prototype we've talked about is uh, is in our facility and getting... I'll let, I'll, let, I'll let Bernard talk about that. I can't remember what we press released, but things are going well. Things are going well. Yeah, I, I'll ask you as a sidebar question. Overall, generally speaking, how do you feel about the QRR and the NSIR reactors, uh, the nano silicon and the and the and and the and the QRR? Just okay, to, so so happy the progress to date, slower, faster. How uh, maybe that's the question? Oh, you always like it to go faster. You always like it to go faster. Um, for those that are are new to the story. Basically, what we take is we take high purity quartz for a company called HPQ, and we convert it convert it using the QRR system into a um, um, a high purity silicon metal powder. Um, we can take the lower quality of that, and um, using another system, uh, the four n the four n size, uh, and, and and use that as a feedstock into a process that makes a nano nano material for the battery space. Then separately, we're doing something with fume silica, totally separate. So that's what we're doing with, with, with HPQ. We're very excited about what's happening uh, in, in, all those, in all those areas. Um, I can't remember the question, George. It was, it was, uh, it was. Uh, so uh, are you, are you considering a full core press to get okay, pure path? So uh, the QR and the NSR yeah. to advance even so, faster. No, in, internally we're doing everything we can to advance it as fast as possible, as possible, and um, and of course we'd like it to be faster, but that's what we're that we're faced with, you know, doing things step at a time. Now, even though you'd like to be faster, sidebar question: Is it going? Is it going at a pace that's acceptable to Pyro, or has it been? You know, have you run to roadblocks that have slowed? No, it down? We're, it's not acceptable to me. Okay, I like it to go faster as much as we can, but we're limited to what we can do in a given day. All right, that's, yeah. and that's good to know. Uh, question two from 007. I like this one because I've been thinking about this sometimes. For the average investor to quickly understand and dig deeper into your divisions, would you consider making a simple promo video of the following? The torch side, the 3D powder side, dross right, waste destruction. Just do promo videos on each one. I guess explainer videos is probably a better way to to put it, because we see these yeah. explainer videos now. Would you consider doing some explainer videos to help uh, maybe, people understand Maybe that's something we consider. We're actually thinking about that. The problem in doing something like that is it becomes obsolete pretty quickly. It takes a lot of time to do a video, um, uh, and then it becomes obsolete as, as things develop. So we're, we're looking at, actually, we actually are looking at trying to find a way of, 
of getting uh, the message across through videos. Okay. Yeah, and great question. Uh, question three, he said, they say, lighter note, many years ago, I had an actual spiritual epiphany that Pyrogenesis would be a massive company and that 3D powders would put Pyrogenesis on the map, as ARC certainly did, and PureVap would be the next and everything else will follow. Pyrogenesis to the moon, I hope you believe that as much as I do? Question mark. <laughs> From his lips to God's ears. <laughs> but safe to say you're as confident in the future of Pyrogenesis today as you've ever been before, given how- More so. Oh, more so. In fact, I pinch myself because I always thought something would fall off, you know, fall off, and then we'd have something else to, you know, we just have a limited number to concentrate on. And you and you and you wake up and you say, oh my goodness, it's all going, it's all going even more, better than we thought. You know, draw strikes expanding, uh, uh, torches are going into iron ore pelletization, and now they're going to other industries. And now we're becoming uh, the concept that we're becoming the the Tesla of of high high temperature heating in in, in heavy industry. I mean. And then 3, 3D printing, it's, it's, it's not exploding, but it's very exciting for us because uh, the powder seems to be exactly what more than what people are looking for and talking about powder production in Europe with sophisticated players. I mean, this is all happening and it's all very exciting. Uh, you wake up in the morning and, and sometimes you're, you're inundated with things you have to do to, to address each one of these things. So I'm extremely excited. I mean, it may not show all the time, but I'm extremely excited. Well, listen, that's why we ask you because you're not a cheerleader. You know, you you're a CEO who's running a company, but it's yeah. good to it's it, good to get that raw kind of response. But there are challenges. I mean, George, it's not easy every day. Sure. You, know, you, know, you know, you have clients that you know you you, you have supply chain. And you, 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 you know, you wake up and you swear because what the hell? Why do we have to supply chain now? We have to. This is where we have to be moving quicker. So, um, no, there's lots of challenges. There's lots of challenges, but we're very happy given where we are. And the challenges and who our clients are well the challenges would allow you to achieve a leadership position right because if there weren't then i would start my own plasma torch company and i would you know catch up to you as fast as possible so and then i'd be doing a gorecom and i'd be interviewing you <laughs> <laughs> well this is a very super sophisticated industry peter i don't yeah. think that you're capable of getting here just yet but we welcome <laughs> you to try <laughs> next question is from blaine it's my understanding that the NSIR, the nano silicon reactor agreement with HPQ is for silicon only. Are there plans for pyrogenesis to pursue uh, uh, other materials with the nano silicon reactor? With the our, focus, our focus right now is to get it done properly using the technology we have with HPQ. And that's what we're totally focused on right now. It has been a while since the announced second question from Blaine. It's been a while since the announcement of turquoise hydrogen is there a timeline for this technology um i'd have to answer that on the agoracom uh, uh i'd have to get an update on that i don't have an update for on that right now all right so we'll use the white house line there yeah we'll circle back we'll circle back that's right but the great thing is they use that line 90 percent of the time you only yeah. use that line five percent of the time yeah. so that's, that's the no, the turquoise hydrogen is very interesting i just have to make sure that what i say here is right all right so yeah. we'll uh we'll look for that on on agoracom uh i and last question again balance sheet kind of related not quite financing but i see in the financials there's a line for bank indebtedness was this credit facility used for cash reasons the um that that's a line item 
that has to do with our acquisition of air science, now pyro green gas. And we have to put it in our balance sheet, but it is separate from, it's a PGG liability. It doesn't come to pyrogenesis proper, the, the, the mother company. So we had to put it on a consolidated balance sheet, but it is a, a liability downstream. It's not a, it's not a bank line that pyrogenesis Canada has, nor is it responsible for. Okay. And Blaine says, thanks for doing the Q and A. Blaine, you're welcome. Thanks for the question. Next up guys, I wish you would all come up with names like George five, five, five. It'd be a lot easier. I think this is, it's, it's, it's obviously French. Wheel de, fa de Fausson, Wheel de Faucon, something like that. All right. Uh, and I hope I got that correct, but I'm pretty sure it's Wheel de Fausson. Bonjour, Peter. It's in English, by the way, but the beginning is Merci pour le bon travail. Voici ma question. How can you explain the fact that institutions not investing in the 10 to 15% range as opposed to the actual 2%? Are they seeing risks that we don't see? Are they waiting for more stable momentum in the share price? Merci, Alain. Um, I can't speak to funds. Um, I, I, if they see risk, they're not going to invest. I mean, you know, you don't you don't say, "Oh, I see a risk, I'm going to." And you got to go through two percent before you get to ten percent. <laughs> okay, you got to cut us a break. We've only been uplisted on Nasdaq for about a year now, uh, and um, the number of funds that have invested us have increased significantly. I don't know the current number, but I think it was a handful, uh, maybe three to five minutes several years ago. Now I think it's over thirty. I'd have to check on that. Uh, so the funds are investing, uh, and as I said, we're just we're just one year into it. And plus, the funds I think George, I, I think the funds are de-risking these days. They're investing less in this sector. Uh, I, I have to correct. I, I think I read something something about that. By the so, way, uh, I've never seen a fund, at least I don't recall, that invests ten to fifteen percent of their fund in one position. Uh, and that goes for Apple, that, that's Amazon, a good, that's, that, Tesla. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. They don't get that high. Ten to fifteen percent is, uh, is is way over the top. I've never seen that. Typically, you know, if they're at three to four percent, they're really pushing the upper limits of their. No, you're right, George. I I, I didn't even think about that. You're right, one hundred ten percent. You could not take a 10, 15 percent position. No, no, it would be. It would. I don't think the investors of the fund would. You know, you might be able to do it with Apple and. You know google that but huge but That's short of that huge. i've never seen a fund typically you see funds at the upper end are like three or four three percent four percent so i just want to add that in thanks for helping me answer that you're right pyroman is next though we've answered the questions but i still want and i'm assuming it's a him because of the name pyroman any updates on client b or c we've already talked about that, talked about that yeah and and pfa and and the pfas uh we've talked about that so Pyroman, thanks. We've gotten to those. Uh, Matthew Hills, does Pyrogenesis have any plans to increase its product offering in the RNG sector? And if so, would it be a plasma-focused process? Would we have any plans to increase the product offering in RNG, renewable natural gas? I'm assuming. And uh, yes, yeah, I think that would be. Um... That would be smart to do. And would it be a plasma focus? It would not have to be plasma based. It would not have to be plasma based. Okay. Second question. With the general consensus around EV manufacturers increasing their demand 
on Canada's raw materials, specifically Canada's raw materials, will Pyro look for opportunities to create new offerings to support this demand with regards to new tech for refineries and pelletization of different materials? And their conclusion is, if Canada's going to invest in new infrastructure, might as well have the newest tech with the cleanest footprint. So uh, will Pyro look for opportunities to create new offerings to support this demand through new tech for refiners and pelletization of different materials? I think ultimately our, our strategy with respect to our torches is to um, leverage off of this need or this desire to be um, have clean energy, run a, run a production facility clean, reduce their greenhouse gases, their carbon footprint, and introduce our torches as an alternative to the diesel burners that are traditionally used. Insofar as the infrastructure that they're going to invest in in Canada to address the need the gentleman or the lady um, mentioned, which I think is an increase in, uh, in commodities um, and, and furnaces and facilities to do that. Insofar as they, they have high temperature needs, we will use our existing offers, offerings adjusted maybe for their particular situation for cert most certainly. Um, so this is, what we're, this is what we're targeting right now. The big picture for torches is that. Last question. I like this question. The aluminum nanopowder is a great addition of Pyro's product offering, especially with the increased demand for the next generation of automotive manufacturing processes, gigapresses. Um, will the question, will these nanopowder systems be installed at the factories or off-site due to the high operating temperatures? So I don't recall uh, George ever talking about aluminum nanopowders. I think we mentioned, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong. I think we mentioned potentially processing aluminum in our, in our, in our, in our for 3D printing uh, at some point in time. Um, it was still, I can't remember. I don't recall ever talking about aluminum nanopowders specifically to the extent that we'd be talking about, we're at a point where we talk about producing the powders on site or at a facility. And let me look into that and see if I can figure out why, what they're referring to. And, 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 and if there's an answer, uh, I'll, I'll provide an Agoracom. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Great questions, uh, especially if you can stump the CEO. Potentially, <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't sure about that either. So I'm glad you're equally kind of uh, searching for that. So I'll look for the answer to that. Uh, Asor, Asor. Hello, Peter. Thank you for taking our questions. I've been wondering how different the QRR actually is from other reactors you've developed. Trying to get a grasp here for the level to which Pyro can successfully complete this novel reactor. Is it simply a matter of time or is engineering much more complicated and advanced? So this is the QRR. The QRR, uh, the prototype is already, you know, we got the prototype in our facility. Uh, so a lot of the engineering has been done. So I, I think the answer is it's a matter of time. So I'll let Bernard answer that one. Um, I don't know where he said he said we are in the, in the process, but um, but you're not concerned about because they're they're asking the the, the 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 crooks of the question is trying to get a grasp here for the level to which power can successfully complete this novel reactor. You don't have any concerns that you're not going to be able to complete it. We're very confident. We're confident from day one, and we're even more confident. Uh, and he says, "Thank you for your time. Much appreciated." Sizzling beef. <laughs> Dear Peter, thanks for taking time to answer investor questions. 
Um, this question doesn't come from me, but rather there are many investors who feel power may not have the funds to survive the winter. So this goes back to balance sheet. We've already talked about that. Um, uh, but it does say, I'm sure they would appreciate here directly from you that power is capable of keeping the electricity on and payroll operations going for the rest of the year. You answer that in great detail. Yeah, we, 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 there's lots of tools in our toolbox. Uh, I have, I'm, not, I, I'm not worried about it. No concerns. Uh, but again, great question. Anti-Gremlin, an anti-Gremlin. I wonder, I wonder how you're an anti-Gremlin. Hi, Peter. In January 2022, Progressive Planet announced contracting Pyro to produce nanosilica and amorphous silica. What is the status of this project? There's been no mention of it in PRs, either Q1 or Q2 reports. Thanks and best regards, anti-Gremlin. So I don't want to take anything away from Progressive Planet, but it's it's a small, it's a very small contract. Um, what I liked about it was like it, it seemed like it might evolve into an HPQ type of a relationship. Um, it's progressing. There's no bad news. If we do an update, we'll have to do it publicly. But we're very, I'm very happy about how it's progressing today. Okay. Uh, Andy Gramlin also had another question, which is a follow up to. He says, further to Asor's excellent questions. And the question was about speeding up the QRR pilot plant, which you've already uh, talked about. Um, uh, so we'll, that's the first question. The second one was PR, uh, Power has many business lines. Is it possible to organize the news releases on the website by business line instead of by year? <laughs> I've never seen that before. Um, it's something we'll look into. I mean, it's interesting. If people want that, uh, something we can look into. And they say doing so has many advantages. It's easy to follow the development of each line as it progresses. It presents information, easier read format for new and old investors, et cetera. Uh, again, thanks, investor. Now, I'm not sure if you can organize press releases that way, but um, yeah, I guess you can always have a Gantt chart or something, uh, you know, as a separate as a separate section to kind of show the progress or where things are going, but that's that's a good problem to have. But also, it's a problem that's worth looking into, right? Because there's yeah. so many great divisions now of Pyro, and each one is progressing at its own pace, and each one has subs that are progressing like a client ABC progress at their own pace. That would be great to be able to have a, you know, the pyrogenesis um, heat map, for lack of a better term, you know, yeah. where you just look at something and see. But yeah. Uh, if you guys look into that, then we'll look forward to some kind of update on that in the future. And that, my friend, is it. That's the last of the questions. Excellent. Fantastic questions. I'm going to end yeah, off with this, Peter. Are there any questions that weren't asked? Or are there any, are there any matters that you want to make sure that you want to address? No, um, these are the type of questions we get also. Uh, people send us questions uh, uh, by email. It's the same genre. I was hoping that we we'd answer them here, but also give the um, give the investors uh, some of the additional takeaways. You know, it's not just about X; it implies Y and Z as well. It's not just about A; it's about B and C. Uh, that so some people miss that. I mean, quite a few people miss that. Uh, and uh, there's a lot happening here. There always has been. I've said it from the day when the stock was at twenty cents. Uh, I said it when it was at 60 cents. I said it was at, I've said it all. There's so much happening here. 
And you know, George, I guess one other takeaway is we've done it on our own in the sense that we don't have analysts following us. Can you imagine if we had analysts following us and they were writing about us and they and their and their and their uh, their their entourage of followers were really focused on what we're doing? We've done this basically on our own through press releases and uh, and, and, and and knocking on doors and we've done it on our own. So it's I think it's quite impressive what we've done and where we're going. Um, and as I said throughout this whole um, discussion. We're very, very happy. Even with our six month numbers, I said, I wish they were better, but there were other, nothing's falling off the track. Everything's going a little bit at a slower pace. But the takeaway is, you know, we're, we posted roughly $10 million of revenues for the six months, roughly. Um, so uh, 20, 2021 and 2020 weren't just flashing the pans. We're, 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 we're moving forward. And anybody um, uh, can, could probably figure out that if it wasn't for supply chain issues, we'd be much further ahead. Well, we all know that a lot of, you know, just from the a lot of companies, public a lot companies, of companies that all their businesses, even the advertising based ones, you know, yeah. were scaled back in terms of it just, that's just what happened in the first half. Again, another black swan for the, for the world, but you're not immune to that, but more yeah. the, 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 the takeaway is, the pipeline's still there. The product the still there. there. The margins, our gross margins are like 43%. I think we posted, which are much higher than people in the various industries that we're, we're servicing. Um, extremely exciting time. Extremely exciting time. We'll leave it at that, George. I want to thank all our investors for taking the time to yep. post the questions, to follow up. Um, it's a good crowd, and I'm very happy to be here. And thanks for the form again, uh, uh, the GORCOM platform. To allow us to engage like this on a very, you know, sophisticated professional dialogue, and it's only going to get better, Peter. I can't wait. I, I know I've kind of told you, but I can't wait to tell everyone what we're going to be unveiling over uh, sometime before the end of this year. But I think people are going to be incredibly excited about imminently, um, right, George? Imminently, say it. Oh, I, I, I won't say because I know the, <laughs> I know the, I know the fire members will get, will, will, will start hounding me. But well before the end of this year, you guys are going to hear some amazing things that was going to take engagement in Pyro to a completely different level. In fact, for the entire industry. But until then, I also want to say thank you to all the investors and the members of the Cheryl that took time to post questions. They're great questions. We respect the fact you took the time to think about them, post them. That's why we read all of them, even the duplicates. And uh, Peter, I think I speak on behalf of everyone to thank you because there are very few CEOs who take an hour and 36 minutes out uh, of their day in order to be able to do something like this because I can only imagine what your schedule looks like. And the fact that you do this for everybody at home, uh, I'm going to say is deeply appreciated and can't wait till we do our next one, my friend. Excellent. Thanks a lot, George. All the best. For everybody at home, thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Have a great rest of the summer. And uh, looking forward to seeing you all back and active when we all get back to uh, investing season right after Labor Day in September. Until then, have a great day. See you next time. All the best, all. Hey, guys. This podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself 
by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform, so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.